Um, so, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dillis. Uh, for those of you who do know me, my name is Dillis. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, gosh, I'm absolutely thrilled to be here this morning. Um, it's a real honour to be asked to speak, and uh, it's my privilege to be here. For those of you who are at home, um, I know a number of you are at home. Hi, guys. Um, Lots of you going through difficult things, not well, so um, I just want you to know that we're uh, pleased that you're participating in our service, and I just pray that you'll be blessed by all that goes on this morning. Um, for those of you who are watching on Catch Up, uh, I'd just like to say that your votes won't be counted, but you still may be charged. <laughs> So, thank you. So, obviously, I'm watching far too much Strictly, and I'm not going to waste my valuable time this morning uh, asking you who you think will win. So, thinking back to things I like to do before uh, the pandemic, one of my most favourite things uh, was going to the theatre. So, I would buy tickets uh, maybe six months in advance. I'd be really you know, excited about it. And for me, I quite often bought tickets for shows where there were big names. Um, so, recently bought tickets for uh, Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act. How exciting is that? Anyway, it's been cancelled, so that's, that's, that's not going to happen. But picture the scene. You go, so you've, you, you've bought these expensive tickets, you've waited six months, you've trekked up to London, and, I don't know, let's pick a, a show at random. You've gone to see, um, I don't know, let's think of a show. Les Mis, thank you, thank you, Claire. So you've gone to see Les Mis, and you think that Alfie Bow is going to be in there. So you're like, oh, how exciting, Alfie Bow's going to be in Les Mis. And then there's that announcement, we're sorry to announce, <laughs> that due to unforeseen circumstances, Alfie Bow will not be appearing and your heart sinks, and you know that the understudy is going to be brilliant, but still your heart sinks. So, this morning, if you've come to see Lorraine, Pete, <laughs> or Brian, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, so there we go. Um, so, I was talking to Anna uh, last Sunday uh, about this talk, and she said to me to remember one thing that I'm talking to people I love about the person I love, is Jesus. So that's simple, so I can do that. Um, so I'm going to embarrass Anna further here. <laughs> so uh, you may or may not know that Anna and Tom are getting married uh, early next year. Yay! Which is absolutely wonderful. It's going to be a great start to, to the new year. And uh, a few of us got together recently, and we had... I'd not heard of it before, but a bridal shower. So we all went around to Faith's, and we had a really lovely party. And the girls who organized it, who did a brilliant job, they had um, organized a game. So the game was that you buy a present for Anna, and it's got to be something by which she will know who you are. So you don't put a, a name on the tag, you just um, give her the present, and hopefully she knows wh who it's from. So, <laughs> you know where this is going. So I thought long and hard, and I bought uh, Anna a present, and she opened it, and immediately knew it was from me. So what was the present? So the present was a mug, 
and on it it said, Jesus, take the wheel. So why did I give her a mug with Jesus, take the wheel? So during lockdown, we, had, uh, we launched our wonderful uh, women's ministry at church, which is called Flourish. And uh, we organized um, some events which were online. And uh, we were always worried about technology. So Anna's prayer was always, Jesus, take the wheel. So on that, on that note, I'm just going to pray. So Lord Jesus, we just pray that you would metaphorically take the wheel this morning. I just pray for your Holy Spirit to be in this room. I just pray for everyone here and at home and watching it in the future that you would just come and meet with them as only you can do, Lord. Have your way with us this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. I have to say, sorry, I'm going off script already. I'm really excited about this morning, and it's certainly not because I'm speaking, but I really believe God's going to do something very special if we're open to it, which we are, aren't we? Good. Um, so we've just finished our series on the book of James, which was amazing. Um, lots of great stuff in there. If you didn't catch any of it, go back and uh, watch it online. It's really worthwhile. So, um, as Bev said, it's the uh, third Sunday in Advent. I'm really glad, by the way, that she lit the candle. I think I'd have been a bit too nervous to do that. They wouldn't have let me near flames, I know that. So, um, thinking about Advent, uh, I switched the TV on the other day, and I couldn't believe what was on. That series, Blankety Blank. Blankety Blank. Um, So, do, do people know it? Has anyone seen it? So you have a, phrase, a word or a phrase, and you have to fill in the blank. So, if I said the word Advent to you, what would you say? What would be your word after Advent? Thank you, Derek. Yeah, I think... Thank you. Oh, Bev loves candles. So, um, yeah, I, I think most people would say um, the word candle, that's, uh, calendar or candle. That's definitely what I would say. I don't think many of us would say um, from the Latin adventus, which means coming. I certainly wouldn't say that. But Advent is the period of the four Sundays before Christmas. Yet if you look at our Advent calendars, and I've got one at home, it doesn't say a lot about Jesus. It mainly says chocolate, or maybe gin, or uh, <laughs> maybe that's just me. Um, or you can get them for your pets that are filled with, like for cats, it's filled with catnip. Um, I have to say, though, I was right back to faith. You know what I'm going to say. I was, when we were around at Faith's at this wonderful party, I did notice Faith's... Um, advent calendar and it was a nativity scene so hats off to to faith so during this period of advent um, this special period this period of waiting this period of expectation this period of excitement um, one of the things that is really popular is christmas carols people who don't go to church who wouldn't call themselves christians but they love singing christmas carols i love chris i love a christmas carol so um and next Sunday, again, as Faith said, uh, sorry, as Bev said, we have uh, our Christmas carol service in the evening. So do come to that. It's a wonderful opportunity to invite family and friends. So um, I, again, back to blankety blank. I'm going to ask you to fill in the words of a famous carol. 
So if we could have the, the first slide. So it's very difficult, by the way, to say this without singing this, isn't it? But let's all say it together. And you can sing it if you want. Knock yourselves out. You can sing it. So, O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Saviour's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Right. Well done, Bev. Thank you. Anna, Anna's singing. So, yeah, the talk uh, this morning is about the weary world rejoices. Um, I don't know, have you seen, we had it up before, the marvellous marketing campaign that the wonderful, there she is, Becky uh, did. It's just brilliant, isn't it? And I think, um, yeah, it's just a, a beautiful, uh, beautiful idea for, for our Christmas publicity. So, you're going to have to humour me. I've got the mic, so you're going to have to humour me. Again, let's think Christmassy. So one of the th everyone's like, let's play a game, and everyone's like, oh, no, I'd rather just you know veg on the sofa and have another mince pie. But no, let's play a game because it's Christmas. So anyone know the game charades? Yeah. So it's one of those things. You get a piece of paper and you have to act out, you know, a film, a song, a book. Um, so don't worry, I did think about asking you to do this, and I ran it past my daughter who said, definitely not, Mum. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to follow uh, my daughter's advice and not ask you to do this, but I'm going to ask you to do it in your heads. So imagine that you're playing charades at home, and the bag comes to you, you take out a piece of paper, and it says the word weary. Weary, it's not a word that we use very often. Can you think in your mind's eye how you would act that out? What would you do to, um, to act out weary? Well, <laughs> thank you, Paul. Um, so, okay, so we've done that. Next word that pops out is rejoice. Thank you, Faith. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, um, yeah, thank you for participating in that. So, by the look, look around the room, most people, I think, know uh, what those two words are, which for me, whew, thank goodness, because otherwise <laughs> this talk will be a little bit pointless. Okay, so um, at first glance, the phrase, oh, the weary world rejoices, seems an impossibility. On the one hand, you've got this weary world, and on the other hand, you're asking me to rejoice. I don't think so. Those, those two seem at odds with each other. But I, I talked to uh, the lovely Lucy, who I know isn't here this morning, but will be watching on Catch Up. Um, and I said, I think this is the title of what I'm going to talk about. And she said, why don't you mention that thing that you mentioned at Flourish? Uh, that quote from A Tale of Two Cities. So, I, uh, I had a look at it. So, again, here's another Christmas thing. If you're in a quiz at Christmas and someone says to you, what are the opening lines of the famous Charles Dickens novel, A Tale of Two Cities, you will be able to answer saying... So, I thank you. Gosh, what an intellectual crowd. So, I have... Um, uh, we could have it back up, please, guys. Thank you so much. Um, so I've put the whole of the quote up here. 
because um, it's beautiful language and everyone loves Dickens at Christmas, don't they? But more than that, let's have a look at it, what it says. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom, it was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief, it was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light, it was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope, it was the winter of despair. We had everything before us, we had nothing before us. We were all going direct to heaven, we were all going direct the other way. Whoa, fantastic words there, eh? So that was written back in 1859. Bonus point, anyone know which two cities uh, it mentions? Paris, other one? London. Who said London? Thank you. So it's about Paris and London. It's a tale of two cities. And I, I, I was thinking as I was writing this, Obviously, we're living in the here and now. Our experience is very real. And sometimes you can think, oh, gosh, it's so bad. You know, people have never had it as bad. But you can see in the world's words of Dickens there that people going through hard times, on the one hand, um, there was this weariness, but on the other hand, there was hope. And we're all feeling a little bit weary at the moment, aren't we? We're feeling a little bit tired, both physically and mentally. I, um, so, <laughs> dangerously, I wasn't given a topic for today. I was kind of allowed, you know, a blank sheet of paper, which is always dangerous with me. But I, it came to me very early on that I should talk about the Weary World Rejoices. And as I prepared this talk this week, I thought... Gosh, the Lord was right. This is the topic for today. Because, my goodness, we thought we were weary and there's been this whole extra layer of weariness. Um, you know, there's the new COVID variant. There's the possible government plans B, C, who knows what. But be assured, none of this has caught the Lord by surprise. None of it. He isn't surprised by this. So, can you remember back to 2019? Hopefully. Oh, I'm liking the blanket going on on this front row here. That's lovely. Um, so, back in 2019, a time when none of us knew what a lateral flow test was, PCR, what on earth's that? You didn't say to your friends, oh, have you had the Pfizer or the AstraZeneca? You didn't say, when are you getting the booster? Yet there was a time when all of that was true, that we didn't talk about those sorts of things. But then if we fast forward to 2020 and 2021, this weariness descended. So why were we weary or why are we still weary? Lockdown, masks, meeting up outside, washing our hands end endlessly, cancelling cancelling plans, online quizzes, not going on holiday, working from home, making banana bread, Zoom calls, petrol shortages, furlough, toilet roll shortages, homeschooling, not seeing family and friends, losing family and friends. Okay, let's stop there. I didn't come to church to, to, to be depressed. But we all know those things. We, we all remember those things, and some of those things, sadly, are still going on. 
So I was thinking again about this idea about being weary, and I think it would be true to say that we've all been through a storm. And you picture a storm, there's you know, all sorts of things going on in America at the moment, tornadoes. And if you think, you, you go into a storm, and then you come out the other side, and you look very disheveled, you've changed, you are changed by that experience. And I heard, this isn't a phrase I came up with, I won't claim it, but I heard the other day someone said, we've been, all been through the same storm, but we aren't in the same boat. All our experiences have been different, and the way that we've approached them and responded to them have been different. As we've returned to church, we've learned a little bit more about each other's stories, haven't we? And some of those stories have been terrible, really terrible. Major things have happened. It hasn't just been all, you know, I, I couldn't get a Tesco slot. There's been major things that have happened. So given all that, that we've all experienced some degree of weariness, where's God in this? Does he care? Is he interested? Well, a good, a good place to start when we're asking those questions is the Bible. So, we've got a quote from Isaiah. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And again in Matthew, it says, um, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't let anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that just balm? Isn't that just refreshment that we need? And if you're wondering about the words in that last um, piece of scripture, that's taken from a version of the Bible called The Message, which is a contemporary uh, version of the Bible. And um, if you're new to reading the Bible, it might be a nice place to start. It's very accessible. But going back to the uh, verses in Isaiah... I, don't you just, sorry, again, off script, don't you just love it how when you're preparing something, when you're, you're actually um, doing something, putting effort into it, that God comes alongside you and reveals something new. And for me, that's what happened this week. So it says, um, he will not grow tired or weary. And that just hit me as if I'd read it for the first time. I may be weary, but the good news is that he's not weary. And I think we need to, to remember that. We, 
we kind of, we talk to each other and sometimes, and I'm my own worst enemy, I'll kind of have a bit of a moan and I'll be with someone who's also moaning and in the end, it's a bit of a moan fest and we both come out of it a bit depressed. But the important, <laughs> Bev's thinking of my conversations with her, but, but it, <laughs> you know, it's true. But at the end of the day, we need to remember that God is not weary. He is not weary. Okay, so we've thought a little bit about this idea of, of weariness. We've thought about Paris and London and all that's going on. So, okay, the weary world, but you're asking me to rejoice. A little bit of a step too far. But again, let's go to the Bible and see what it says. So a very famous uh, verse in Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Really? So I found, a, 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 I think, a brilliant verse uh, in the book of Habakkuk, uh, which, again, I think brings uh, into perspective this idea about being weary but also rejoicing. There's a lot going on in this. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive, olive crops fail and the fields produce no fruit... Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. My goodness, there is a lot going on there and it's not good. And yet, at the end of that verse, it says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. So, cast your mind back two weeks ago, Pete uh, was talking and he had a nice little quiz, love a quiz, and he asked us to identify famous uh, phrases with, associated with people. And he, um, he looked at Victor Meldrew, that wonderful character in One Foot in the Grave. I don't believe it, is what he said. And... Maybe one of our problems when we're thinking about rejoicing is we're not actually too sure about what we do believe. That's the problem. So I thought um, at this point we'd, we'd have a look at someone who's struggling with their beliefs. So a lovely thing to do at Christmas is watch a film, sitting around, you know, arguing about what you're going to watch. Here's, here, here's a recommendation. Maybe that's just my family, but here's a recommendation. Meet the parents. Anybody seen it? Fantastic. So you've got uh, Robert De Niro and Ben Stiller in it. Um, they, ben Stiller comes uh, back to Robert De Niro's house with his, Robert De Niro's daughter. And this is the first time they've met the potential son-in-law. <laughs> I'm looking at Tom here. Um, so uh, Robert De Niro is not too happy. So let's, let's have a look at what happens uh, while they're having dinner. I'd like to say Grace. Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad, you know. You're telling me the Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 I'd love to. Pam, come on, it's not like I'm a rabbi or something. <laughs> I said Grace at many a dinner table. Oh, dear God, 
Thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day day by day by day oh dear lord three things we pray to love thee more dearly to see thee more clearly to follow thee more nearly day by day by day amen amen oh greg that was lovely thank you greg that was interesting too <laughs> it's the <a> <laughs> i don't know how i carry on after that it's a really funny film um great cat in it as well you know i'm a, I'm a great cat lover um so, yeah so why did i show that apart from it being a really nice film so poor Greg is struggling there. He's not, he knows he believes something, but he's not quite sure what he believes. But if we're in the position where we know what we believe, how can we still experience joy if we're still weary? So let's think about, we've talked about being weary. Let's, let's get on to the good stuff. Let's talk about rejoicing. So to rejoice means to feel or show great joy or delight. Shakespeare talks about being replete with joy. Try and use that phrase over Christmas. Oh, no, no not another mince pie for me. I'm replete. So see, see how that goes down with your family. So being replete with joy, to be abundantly film, filled. So I was trying to think of um, how to, to sum up this idea about being abundantly filled, being replete. And it got me thinking to another film. I'm not going to show a clip here, but got me thinking about a film, a very old film, Chariots of Fire. Anybody? Yeah, anybody? Again, it's a great film if you'd like to, if you're looking for something to catch up on. So Chariots of Fire um, is about the 1924 Olympic Games, which were held in Paris. And it features two uh, runners predominantly. And the one that I was thinking about was Eric Little, and he was a missionary in China. Actually, I will go off script again here. So he, one of the dilemmas in the film is whether he runs on a Sunday or not. And he has this, this dilemma because he, he doesn't believe you should run on the Sabbath. Um, so watch the film to find out what happens there. And here's what um, Eric Little said. He said, I believe that God made me for a purpose for China, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. When I run, I feel his pleasure. And there's beautiful scenes in the film. It's, they're usually in slow motion um, and they're running along a beach. But I just, as I was preparing this, I just remembered that scene and... 
You know, the, the look on his face being replete with joy, filled with joy, knowing that he was following the Lord's will and doing his purpose. But you may say to me, okay, so that's lovely. We're talking about joy, but what about happiness? So joy, I think, is something that it's an inner feeling. Um, it's a condition of the heart, whereas happiness is an outward expression and, and often very fleeting. Nothing wrong with happiness. I love being happy. But what we're talking about this morning is this um, inner contentment, this feeling of being replete with joy. So there's a lady called uh, Kay Warren. I don't know if you've heard of her. Along with her husband, Rick, they run a very large church uh, in America. It's called Saddleback. And she wrote a book, Choose Joy, Because Happiness Isn't Enough. And she's certainly a lady who um, has had her own uh, struggles and trials. Her son um, died by suicide. And she's done a, a, a tremendous amount of great work on mental health and well-being um, and addressing this idea um, uh, of kind of being well and she talks about suicide a lot. But anyway, let's look at what she actually says about joy in this book, Choose Joy. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right and the determined choice to praise God in all things. I'm going to read that again. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right and the determined choice to praise God in all things. And that's so applicable to where we're all at currently. It's so encouraging. God is in control. He is not surprised. He is sovereign. So in the Bible, in the book of Galatians, um, joy is listed as being a fruit of the, Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. However, we need to be, uh, I think, aware that uh, developing the fruit isn't our end goal. Our end goal is our relationship with Jesus, and the fruit comes from that. So sometimes when um, people are talking about church, looking at churches like ours, they'll use the term happy clappy. You ever heard that? Um, and it's used in a derogatory way. I remember once I was talking to a friend who was being very, um, very rude about church. That's a polite word. Very rude about church. Very rude about being a Christian. And you're sitting there. Have you ever had that experience? You're sitting in there and you're thinking, oh my gosh. Should I say something? Should I say something? I am a Christian. Anyway, in the end, I said, actually, I go to church. They're like, yeah, but you're really nice. You're not one of those. And it's like, oh, gosh, please, I've now got to say something else. So I said, I am one of those. They're like, not the happy clappy. Well, yeah, so the conversation <laughs> finished quite shortly after that. People have a very kind of um, negative view about happy clappy, whatever you take that to be. I think it's because people think we're a bit superficial and insincere if we're happy-clappy. Yet here in the vineyard, uh, worship is one of our highest values. It's a priority for us, and it is a way that we express that joy, that relationship we have with the Lord. 
And as Christians, I would suggest that our joy should be contagious. It should cause others to, to question why we've got this joy, despite circumstances. And as I look around and I think about people online back at home, I know so many people who have, oh my gosh, they've been so tested, and yet their joy has been so evident. It's been costly, hasn't it, this whole thing? So I'd like to, to think about uh, something someone else has said. So uh, one of my favorite authors is a lady called Brene Brown. Um, she's an American author and academic. She's also a Christian. And again, she's written a great deal about joy. So here's what Brené Brown says. She says, joy is deeply vulnerable. We are afraid to lean into joy because something might rip it away. And this is an, ex an American expression. We'll get sucker punched by disappointment or pain. But there's a way to stay in joy. When we feel that quiver of vulnerability, instead of dress rehearsing tragedy and waiting for the other shoe to drop off, let that shudder be a reminder to practice gratitude. And as I was thinking about this, I just think that, again, this, um, that piece is so apt. We're a little bit worried about being joyful, a little bit worried about planning things or being excited for things, aren't we? I am, I don't know about you. And joy is deeply vulnerable. But I don't know if you noticed, at the, um, at the end of that, she said, let that shudder be a reminder to practice gratitude. And there's lots of research um, being done by psychologists about the link between gratitude and joy. Gratitude always precedes joy. So being grateful for something will lead you into joy. So at Christmas, we have so much to be grateful for and therefore so much to be, to be filled with joy about. Emmanuel, God is with us. And in Isaiah it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne. Again, it makes, me, it makes me want to sing, you know, the words of the Messiah. Just wonderful, wonderful. So we have so much to be grateful for. This time of year, it's so busy. And we can forget that it is all about Jesus. It's for him. It's about him. But I believe this morning God wants to do something very special. He wants to, to do what you might call a, a bit of a divine exchange. He knows and understands that we're weary. He understands that. But he wants to encourage us that he doesn't actually grow weary. He isn't weary. He is sovereign. I love the phrase um, which John Mumford, who started the, uh, the vineyard in this country, uh, used to use. He said, the sovereignty of, sovereignty of God is a soft pillow on which to lay your weary head. 
So we've got the weariness, but the Lord wants to fill us with his joy. Many of us have been robbed of joy these past few years, haven't we? So, can we have um, the worship band? I'm coming into land, you'll be pleased to know. So, I, th- I think the Lord wants to do this divine exchange with us. I, w- I think he wants us to be vulnerable, to, to, to talk to him about our weariness. But he wants, in exchange, to fill us with his joy. So, I just want to end with the words um, of Psalm 30. It says, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. And again, in the message version, it says, you did it. You changed wild lament into whirling dance. You ripped off my black mourning band and decked me with wild flowers. Isn't that beautiful? I'm about to burst with song. I can't keep quiet about you. God, my God, I can't thank you enough. Can you picture that, being decked with wild flowers, bursting into joy. And again, that link between gratitude and joy in spite of our weariness. So as we worship, I'd encourage you to 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 hand over that weariness to the Lord, to ask him to fill you again with his joy. And my prayer is that you would indeed be replete with joy.